Hey, everybody. I'm Joe Byer, the executive director of Parallel 45 Theater, and I'm really excited to welcome you to the first ever P45 Theater podcast. Um, we're trying this out this summer. It's the cultural comeback summer, and uh, we're going to be bringing you ongoing behind the scenes stories and coverage with our actors, designers, technicians. So uh, thanks for tuning in, and I hope you'll follow us all summer. So we are live again with the second episode, second episode ever of the P45 Theater podcast, um, which is just an idea at this point. So thanks for being a part of it. Um, Welcome back if you heard the first one. Today, what we really wanted to do was go behind the scenes and talk to uh, some of the unsung heroes behind the curtain, the people uh, not on stage, but making everything behind the scenes happen. And so it's really exciting, actually, to be able to talk about design in theater with two amazingly talented guests. Uh, So we've got a scenic designer, uh, Edward Morris, who's going to join us today. And then also Noelle Hunsinger, who is the costume designer on The Sound of Music. So welcome, guys. Thanks for taking time out of your rehearsals. Of course. Thank you for having us. Yeah. How has it been so far? We're just a couple weeks in. I know you, you uh, Noelle, came from Chicago. Is that right? Yeah. No, I've been in Chicago for, oh my gosh, almost 11 years. And I had done summer stocks early in my career and through college. And then when I moved to Chicago, I started working um, more steadily there and stopped. And I always loved getting to go somewhere like it's kind of a work vacation, you know, um, I'd been in the Dallas Fort Worth area. I've been up in Minnesota. Um, so I kind of missed it. So when everything happened and all theater stood still for a year, I call it the year our resume stood still. Um, I was just kind of tooling around the internet and I saw a posting for this job and I applied and looked at pictures of beautiful Traverse city. And I was very excited to get the offer. So that's kind of how I, came to Parallel 45. Well, we're so glad you did. Thank and, you. and Edward, I think you've got a personal connection, not only to Northern Michigan, but also to our company, right? Is that how you came in? Yeah. Well, I am New York based. Uh, this is my first project with Parallel 45, but I, I am familiar to the area. So I'm a, a fifth generation fudgy, uh, which in Northern Michigan means that I'm a, I'm a, a vacationer. So my, my family has a cottage on a little lake uh, west of Traverse City, and we've been coming up here since around 1904. Uh, I have worked in the area a lot at Interlochen Center for the Arts down the road, which has a relationship with Parallel 45, which is largely why I think I'm here. Um, I did just respond to a job posting, but uh, I, I have been known, hopefully, to Kit and the other folks at Parallel 45 for a while. And I've certainly been been hoping to collaborate with them uh, up north, I love this area. I love outdoor theater. I've done many, many outdoor productions, and I just think it's uh, a wonderful combination. Very happy to be working on. Well, tell us about the um, process, because I think, you know, uh, it's a mystery to a lot of audience members how you take something like an iconic piece of work, The Sound of Music, and you work with the director, Kit McKay, our artistic director, and just give us a little insight into how long you've been thinking about this production and how you started your work. Either one of you, if you want to start. First. Okay. Um, so I got hired in January and that's when I started thinking about it. Um, and you, you know, I call it marinating where you start, you know, like listening to the music and 
reading a little bit more about it. Um, and then I just kind of let it sit in my mind. And then, you know, we had a conversation with Kit early. I feel like it was February that we started talking about the story and what was important to her. And it became very clear to me quickly that Kit is a different kind of storyteller and that, um, I didn't realize that the, um, tagline to P45 was a uh, familiar stories. What, what is it? Fam Famil familiar stories for the adventurous mind. Exactly. And so I think that when I realized that I, 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 it became very clear very quickly that this was not a normal sound of music, which I have done before. And I lovingly call it the sound of clothes. And, um, <laughs> those kinds of embellishes are not as important to Kit as the stories and the themes. So, I think holistically about a design process. And one thing is what's important to the story, what's important to the director, and then what resources are available. We are outdoors, as Edward mentioned, and that's very important. So I kind of approach it, I, I call it almost backwards. So I think that becomes a more cohesive and a more successful production on the front end. So I do like to dream big, but I do like to think about all those things too. So I don't know. That's a very heady way of, of describing my design process. No, that's good. I think, I, I, you know, it would surprise people to, I think, hear how long you've been, you know, working on this marinating, as you called it. And Edward, it sounds like similar trajectory for you. You know, it takes months, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and it's funny. Uh, we're doing a, a podcast. One of the very first things I do when I get a project, um, well, I buy a bunch of books because it's mm -hmm. always, it's like an excuse to buy uh, <laughs> books about an artistic movement or a time period or something like that. But then I listen to a lot of uh, podcasts and I listen to a book on the sound of music. And then I listen to a book on the making of the film, which although was, was not relevant. It's just part of just getting, getting into the piece and hearing different perspectives. Uh, one of the great things about like working on new plays is that there are, whenever a playwright goes into a new town, you know, London, Minneapolis, uh, you know, Dallas or something, they'll record a radio interview. And so you get to hear their, their perspective. Um, so yeah, I cast a wide net for research and do a lot of historical research. And then uh, often I throw it all out the window. Now, once I know everything about the period um, uh, and that's what happened in this case, um, Kit had a really, uh, had a really clear uh, vision for, um, perhaps some more, a sound of music where the stakes feel higher, I think, than, than you would see in a lot of other productions, which I think is amazing and, and very timely. And I think it's a beautiful uh, piece. Um, and so uh, I, I find that I, I bring more to the table when I do a lot of that sort of um, initial groundwork. Um, and then I just try and sort of, uh, respond to the environment and, and the resources, as um, as Noelle said, uh, and highlighting the outdoor environment was cer certainly like high on my priority list for the design. I think that's, at least to me personally, that's a very interesting concept that seems to apply to designing for the theater, which is this idea of this deep dive rabbit hole of intense research and uh, collection, uh, collecting, as you put it, you know, uh, pieces, history, content. And then you, you talked about it quite informally. You said, and then I, and then I put it all away, <laughs> but I think people would find that kind of an interesting moment. So can you talk about that from a creative standpoint? What does that mean to go through all of that 
collecting and then to reset your mind as you go into your final decisions that you are making about a production? I, I have something for that. Um, what I would say is I, if I, I love clothes, right? I, I love them. <laughs> but if I just was in this because I love clothes, I'd be a fashion designer. Mm. I'm in this because I love collaborating mm. and mm -hmm. there's no room for ego in collaboration. So what Edward is talking about is, a you know, he put it very well. It's like you do all of this work for yourself. You do all this preparation. And like I called it marinating. That's what I do. Um, and then you bring it to the table and you see what everybody else brought to the table. And then you put it together from there. Because if it just was what I thought was important about the story, it'd be in a vacuum and I'd be fighting all these uphill climbs just trying to make my own story happen when what's better is what everybody wants for the production. So, you know, throwing it all out the window, you're still, it, you know, it was still with you. It still informs your decisions, but it doesn't necessarily drive the car. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, it's also a wonderful form of procrastination. Um, <laughs> gathering more information. Uh, yeah. Well, you definitely hit the nail on the head. You know, like what I say when some when someone comes to me and, and they're like something that's in a script that is like absolutely sacrosanct, like totally perfect, and I I just always think to myself, and not all people will agree with me. Some some people will say like like the the playwrights intent is the only thing. And I was like, well, if if they were perfect, then would they have been a novelist, or wouldn't have they been a, a nonfiction? Like like by virtue of them being a playwright, it means that they're collaborating with other people. I'm not saying you should ignore what a playwright says, but you know, the same thing goes for me. Like if I was just a, a perfect pure artist, then I would, I would be a fine artist. I'd be an installation artist or I'd be a painter. Uh, but I'm interested in, in, in collaborating with people. So a lot of it came out of conversations with Kit um, and the rest of the design team and uh, you know, trying to share, share images in that way. I mean, really it was me drawing and sending Kit images uh, from my iPad um, that were drawn on top of the space. I was very, very lucky in that I was, I was up here in February and was able to walk around the snow covered mm -hmm. theater and take a whole bunch of photos and get an idea for the scale of the space. Um, photos are great. Dimension drawings are great, but actually being in a space is like really essential for a set designer. That uh, you both helped actually, I think fill in some of the blanks about that for people. And that was really um, interesting to hear you both, speak about it and correctly. So collaboration is, is everything that we're doing here. And, and it's why it takes so much time, so many people, so many resources. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to sort of ask you about this summer and the specific challenges. You know, uh, you put it beautifully, Edward, when you said the stakes are higher in this version of The Sound of Music. And we have talked and we did talk on the last podcast about how Kit had chosen to bring this play back to life in this, you know, time, um, specifically because she did see it as a story about a family in crisis facing a challenge bigger than themselves. Mm -hmm. And that obviously, you know, spoke to her a great deal during COVID. Um, I think things have changed a little bit since we started the process. I know you guys were taking a huge uh, leap of faith, even just coming to Michigan at the point in which you committed to your contracts. We were considering doing rehearsal processes with masks and um, Edward, I think, you know, the biggest challenge of all might've been on your shoulders, which was we decided not to place the audience next to the stage and change the entire setup of our theater this summer. So 
I guess, you know, theater folks are notoriously great at problem solving, but, but I'd love to hear sort of how your experience has been rolling with all these punches we've thrown, thrown your way in terms of changing circumstances. And what do you hope people will experience when they come? I'll, I, I'll go first. So yeah, our, this set was designed to have the audience uh, be in pods of four and space six feet from each other. A, a lot of math went into, there were a lot of ground plans that I created that uh, I guess the theme of the podcast is throwing it out the window. Uh, it has since become, uh, you know, Michigan has upped its vaccination rate and rules from the government have been relaxed in terms of outdoor performance. So thankfully we can have our audience be a little bit closer to the stage. Um, but the original configuration was sort of defined by what we thought we were going to be doing in February. And that has been the case for uh, everyone trying to do any performance during the pandemic. It's just an ever changing thing. And, and um, thankfully theater folk, I, you know, are very well, they're used to being very flexible and adapting to different environments. Mm -hmm. I always like to think of um, creativity through constraints um, and that adding a couple of constraints can actually make you exercise more of a creative muscle. Um, and uh, I've tried to make an environment that really leaps out of the stage uh, onto the lawn and uh, where our audience will be. Um, but ha that is, makes our actors very visible and uh, had a good collaboration with the lighting designer, uh, Brian Elston, in terms of figuring out how to use a lighting system that was designed to just fit underneath a tent to extend it to go out and underneath it. And uh, speaking in terms of collaboration, a very large scenic element was uh, I put in because we want to be able to see our actors' faces. And so we had to hide lights out in the audience. and. Look forward to uh, hopefully audience members coming and not noticing what that is or, or what it was put in there um, originally uh, to f help facilitate the lighting design. Yeah, it became all, at least from my perspective, watching you, you guys collaborate together, it became a lot more experiential, you know, from mm -hmm. beginning to end, thinking through what the audience is going through. And then for you, Noel, the, the costumes here have to endure even more challenges than just the basics in summer theater. Now we have actors walking across lawns and behind trees. And so how did, how did that affect your approach in any way? Well, I really am trusting our choreographers, um, a lot. And, um, you know, we've been in discussion since early days about the shoes and, and, and what I can do to help set them up for success that way. And, you know, it turns out the shoes that we needed were about half my budget. So looking at that. And I got being that invoice. Yes, it was scary. It was. I mean, it's scary <laughs> for me, but it's also a big, like I, I'm trying to solve problems up front and be realistic. Like I said, thinking holistically about the production and what I can really do to set it up for success and putting ego aside where I would say, I would love to have that money for more beautiful clothes. Um, really trying to be realistic about what the show needs. And I know that these choreographers and um, Kit have a very important relationship. So I really want to support that. So, you know, it's, it's all of those, it's all of those things. It's, it's having those conversations early and, and being realistic. So yeah, being outside, I, I've done outdoor theater before as well. And I, I love it uh, for lots of reasons, but that's another thing to consider, you know, when I'm making fabric choices and I'm in the room with the actors having fittings and being like, 
you know, I'm, I'm trusting you to tell me what you need as well. So yeah. collaboration on all levels. Yeah, there's a lot. of I've been learning and fascinated with all the ways that technology has been helping us and has been put to use on our behalf for this summer. So I guess, you know, we've we've got a couple minutes left and I'd, I'd love to just hear personally sort of what you're most excited about now that we're taking that next step. Rehearsals have begun. You're about to go into your tech rehearsals, which for people at home, um, those are the dress rehearsals where the lights and the sound, and that's a whole other symphony of things coming together. But when the audience comes on July 8, you know, we haven't done this for so long. I'm sure you've thought a little bit about, you know, what you're kind of hoping people experience. So I'd love to just hear that. Uh, well, it, it will be very fascinating. You know, we have spent, I mean, I'm sure a year and a half ago, people could not have imagined that we would spend any more time on our devices. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we have over the last year. And so it'll, it'll I, I will be so interested in, in hearing what the audience's reaction. I like to sit out uh, in an audience and, and hear a reaction after a play is like uh, something that I, I really enjoy doing. And I, this will sound so crazy because we've had these production ma- uh, meetings talking about rain and heat and everything. And like I've done, I mean, I hope I'm like uh, giving bad karma, but I've actually worked with a lighting designer on this production. And the first show that we did together, it rained for the six days before opening. And so I just can't imagine... Things Somebody being like that wood, much yeah. worse than that. And so, and, and you know what? Everyone remembers loving that show. Mm. Uh, despite that, like our tech time was maybe two and a half hours or something like that. Uh, and uh, so I guess it's really great to have been through that. So I am just a lot more relaxed, I think, than, than many of my, my colleagues who, who have, who have not seen it rain for the six days before an opening night on an outdoor show. So I'm, I'm feeling very lucky and much more relaxed. And so I will hope to be a calming force uh, for, for my collaborators. Um, I think what I, what I love dress rehearsals. I love when we all get to put it together. Um, I think it's just so exciting. So I love seeing every little detail um, that we've talked about and um, in the costume shop, everything that's come in that I've shopped for individually come together and one cohesive look and then tweaking it and, and, and making it better. So I I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and then I think, I mean, the, the music in this show is just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I cry every time I listen to something good. Our singers are phenomenal. I'm yeah, sorry to are. cut in, but they are yes. so phenomenal. Ma- I can even just tell it our, our gala or benefit. Maya is so sparkly. Like mm-hmm. she's just a sparkly person. Like she's beautiful and talented. And Maria is such a, is such a lovely character. I think she's just going to nail it. Mm-hmm. I think people are going to be, um, on her side from the very beginning. So I think that's going to be really fun for the audience to see. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the whole ensemble is, is fantastic, mm-hmm. but I mean, Maria is just a really, a really fun character. So I'm really excited that I get to collaborate with her on bringing Maria to life. So those are the things. Oh, and also Charlie Brown is, is an adorable, hopeful, lovely, sensitive story. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait for that. That's going to come up on us quick, but like, it will. It will. Um, and on that, we actually collaborated more in terms of like color yep. and, and playfulness. And, you know, I, you know, um, that's where our collaboration, I think, was sort of more. Well, and the photo shoot as early on in the process as it was, that was like, oh, this is scary. We fed a lot of those looks and they just got me really 
invigorated yeah. and excited for that. So, I mean, I, we got a lot to look forward to this summer, I think. Yes. Oh, for sure. We haven't, yeah. <laughs> thank you for mentioning your good man, Charlie Brown, which, which opens later in July once we get one show up and running. Mm-hmm. And I saw the portraits um, of the cast and they're adorable. It's, it's going to really just warm your heart. So we'll talk about that in future episodes. Oh, great. And um, <laughs> this was really delightful. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. I know how busy you guys are. So taking a little time to talk about what we do is actually very refreshing. <laughs> it's fun to talk about the art as well as make it. So yeah. yes, thanks for the opportunity. <laughs> thank, thank yeah. you for letting us come down. Well, we have one last ask, which is the theme of this year is resilience. And mm. so every podcast guest is asked to uh, take us to the bridge. Just give us your best version of P45 is back, baby. We just, we just say that just any way that you you feel it, any way that you feel it. (laughs) P45 is back, comma, baby. P45 is back, baby. (laughs) Thank you. See you guys next episode. Well, that's a wrap on today's P45 Theater Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And we'd really love to see you this summer at the theater. So for tickets, go to parallel45.org.